Hello, this is Diane from Diane Abroad. I'm talking to you from Pristina, Kosovo. It's January 3rd. It's around 9 p.m. This podcast will be entitled The Anatomy of My Eye. It's a very interesting story, troublesome story. The story itself is not quite complete, but I'm compelled to share it with you now. I think this podcast will be very interesting, as I said, interesting story, plus very informative. If you have any, you know, if you don't know a lot about the eye, or even if you think and know a lot about the eye, I think this is an interesting story. And all begins around March 23rd. I had just gone to South America for two months, and I was in Madrid, Spain, on my way to Pristina, Kosovo. I was in Madrid for about five days. I was staying in this lovely boutique hotel in Madrid. White walls, white ceiling, and gleaming, almost white, almost white tile floor. And I, it was the night before. I was leaving for Pristina, and I was going to my room, and I ran into Alejandro. Alejandro. He was tall, graying, with the typical bright eyes of so many European men. Those eyes that reveal a depth and intelligence and an eager interest in engaging in meaningful conversations. I mean, really. He said, good to see you, Diane, with his lovely, lovely Spanish accent. God, I can fall for most any man with a Spanish accent. Alejandro in his dark blue jeans and worn leather boots was no exception. I'm fine. How are you? How are you? He had just himself returned from South America and was eager to tell me about visiting the Galapagos Island. His descriptions were just as intriguing as he was, but you know what? I was distracted. I was distracted by what I thought were lines suddenly appearing on the, near the floor on the wall of this boutique hotel. I thought to myself, why aren't visitors more careful? They have scarred the walls with their luggage wheels and they don't pay any attention to what they're doing. Alejandro was telling me about the birds and the wildlife and I asked him, I said, Do, did you swim? Did you dive at all? And he was explaining to me, but you know what? I, I couldn't hear him. I couldn't concentrate. I felt odd. I almost felt dizzy because those black streaks on the walls flickered like the lights were going on and off. I needed to sit down, so I, I excused myself. I rushed to my room, sat down on my bed, and focused on my vision. I quickly realized that my right eye was flooded, flooded with squiggly debris. Well, I knew. I knew that they were floaters. But it was the rapid increase of more and more floaters that was frightening, and I knew that this could be a retina tear or even retina detachment. Now, in the United States, we call it retina, but in Europe, they call it retina, so it's retina. I knew just enough that this could mean blindness if I had a retina tear, and it had to be addressed immediately, or, or I could tear. Um, the trouble was I was leaving for Pristina the very next morning. There was nothing I could do. There was nothing I can do. It was a long night. But 24 hours later, I was at the Kubati Klinika in Pristina, Kosovo. The Kubati Klinika in Pristina is the best known and most revered eye clinic in all of Kosovo and surrounding countries of the Balkan countries. I met my doctor, Dr. Mohamed Zhikoli, 
who was, who is a vitreous retinal surgeon. He studied in Finland and um, I think he studied in Turkey. I don't know. But he is um, a, a well, well-respected surgeon. He explained that I was experiencing vitreous detachment, a typical change in the eye that occurs from early, early as 45 years old. He added it wasn't a problem. However, I needed to watch for a retina tear. If I saw a dark hood, hood over my eye that, that obscured my vision, I needed to come back to the clinic office right away because that was a sign the retina was tearing or detaching. Retina detachment would result in blindness without emergency surgery to laser the retina back in place on the inside of the wall of the eye. Well, I, I watched that right eye carefully for months. I mean, I went back to see him occasionally, but I watched, that was March. I was in Kosovo, April and May and June, July and August. I went back to the Schengen area. I was in Spain and France and Italy. And then end of August, I was coming back to Pristina. I still had floaters in my right eye. And suddenly, two days before I came back to Pristina, I started getting floaters in my left eye. Well, I didn't think a lot about it, but as soon as I got back to Pristina, I went to see Dr. Giacoli. He examined both of my eyes, and he said yes. You have vitreous detachment, standard, for 45 years old and older. Nothing to worry about. Watch for a hood. Watch for a hood, some dark area that obscures your vision, and that would be retina detachment. So I went on in Pristina, working at the American University of Kosovo and, and um, doing some consulting there. And I was playing tennis, and one evening I came home after tennis, and I noticed this sort of grayish cloud sort of spot in my left eye, not my right eye, where when I had been watching the vitreous detachment for months, this was my left eye. We'd been watching this for about a week and I noticed some gray area. Um, I And I was confused. I didn't know if if it was a shadow, at first I thought it was a bead of perspiration after playing tennis, but no, the next day I realized indeed that it was a dark area. I went in to see the doctor. He examined my eye. He leaned back and turned around and talked to Ghana, his nurse, in Albanian. And he turned to me and said, yes, you have retina tear. He said, let's take a photo, let's take a picture. So they did ultrasound on my eyeball and I could see where the retina was torn. And he sat down again to me and said, you had severe myopia as a child? And I said, yes. I explained that I started wearing glasses at 10 years old. And he said, and then did you have complications during cataract surgery in your left eye? I said, actually, I did. He said, tell me. I said, well, the right eye, I, I had cataract surgery in 2012 on Amelia Island. I right On my right eye, cataract surgery went well. Two weeks later, I went back for cataract surgery on my left eye, went in for surgery at 7. I woke up at 3.30 in the afternoon, and I just knew something would, had gone awry. I went home that night and went to see my doctor and Amelia the very next day to check the eye. I couldn't see anything, unlike post-op in my right eye. 
I couldn't see anything in my left eye. It was just a big black hole. And the doctor and Amelia said to me that the my lens had disintegrated in my eye and had fallen into the bottom of my eye and he had to pick it out. That's what took so long. And then he handed me a check for $1,250. He said, the check, $1,250, I had given him a check actually for special lens for this eye because I had myopia where the eye is misshapen. And so I bought this special lens for this eye, this left eye. And he said, I didn't need that lens. I didn't use that lens. And so here's your money back, $1,250. And I said, tell me about my eye. And he said, it'll be fine. You'll get your vision back in about two months, which exactly what happened. So I explained to my doctor in Kosovo, you know, that's the complication I had. And he said, okay, I understand that. And he said, let's talk about myopia. He said, when you were 10 years old, you got myopia, you got glasses for myopia. And I said, yes. And he said, you know, myopia is when the eyeball is too long. We all know this. The eyeball is ends up being too long. And the image that you see changes, inverts, um, before it reaches the optical nerve, and therefore you can only see, you are nearsighted, you can see near but not far away. So when that happened to you, he said the eyeball was too long. He said when the eyeball is too long, and then you continue to grow. So you were 10, and you continued to grow. Your eyeball continues to grow, and your eyeball is like a balloon. When your eyeball continues to grow, the retina within the eyeball that lines the eyeball wall stretches and gets thinner, just like, just like the skin, so to speak, of a balloon. So when you had myopia and you continued to grow, your retina thinned out. Then in 2012, when you went for your cataract surgery, the doctor made a common error. It's a very common error where he somehow hit the lens and the lens disintegrated. And when the lens disintegrated and he picked that lens out, which is what he had to do, that volume of that lens was no longer there. And the balloon, the eyeball, like fills that volume um, and it stretches again. It stretches again. And when it stretches again, the retina is thinner. He said, your retina is extremely thin. So when I do the surgery tomorrow morning, he said, I don't know if I'm going to be putting gas in your eyeball or silicone oil in your eyeball. Now digress on that for a second. So when the surgery takes place to laser the retina, back against the eyeball wall, they put either gas or silicone oil in the eyeball. Gas <coughs> dissipates in one or two months and is replaced with water. Silicone oil stays in your eye for six months and then is taken out by surgery. So when it stays in your eye for six months, it, as the gas does, pressure pushes, you know, it's like a tamponade 
I think it's called tamponade, where they the oil presses up against the retina and holds it in place. He said, I'll try to put gas in there, but I might have to put silicone oil because it's a safer way to go given the 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 strength of your retina. He said, I will decide when I get in there. That afternoon, I had to get all these blood tests and I'd get a shot and all that stuff at the clinics, not this clinic, another clinic. And the next morning I went in for surgery and was awake. You know, they just put in a little bit of uh, twilight sleep. And I mean, I wasn't asleep. It was a little twilight just to relax me. Surgery was an hour and a half. Um, went home that night and went back for a follow-up the next day. He examined my eye and he said, everything is perfect. The retina was lasered, which was kind of painful during surgery, frankly. But he said, um, it's imperfect in place. And he said, I put in silicone oil because your retina is so thin and um, everything is good. I want you to go home and lie down on your side so that the retina, when you lie on your side, the oil naturally falls to, for, um, you know, it falls to the bottom because of gravitational pull. And that's going to press against the area in which I have just lasered. So lie on your side, but come back in three days. I was on my side, went back in three days. I go into his office. He examines my eye, turns around and talks to Ghana. That's not a good sign. I fell in love with Ghana, by the way. She's a wonderful nurse. <coughs> she speaks English much better than the doctor. And so we three have good communication so he, after he talked to her, he turned to me and he said, we lasered uh, in the surgery, laser area is good, the silicone oil is good, everything is good, but there's a little bit of a raised area in another part of your retina. So right here in the office, I'm going to perform laser technique on your eye and then we will watch. Well, you know, I had to put my head in this cage, just like when you get your eyes checked and man, the, surge, the laser hurts so bad. And I had to stay in that cage when I wanted to pull back. There was nothing causing, there was nothing holding my eye and holding my face into that cage except my will against the pain. Everything was purple and it was really difficult. And he said, come back in three days. I went home. He said, stay on your side. I went home, stayed on my side, came back in three days. He examined my eye and he turned to talk to Ghana. Then he turned around to me and he said, the surgery was good. The area in which we lasered your eye, your retina, three days ago is good. There's another area that is raised. There's another area that raised. And he said, I am so sorry. I do not know why this is happening to you. This is, should not be happening. He took uh, a picture, showed me where it was raised and... He said, we're going to do laser here in the office. I was ready for some real tough pain, but frankly, there was none. So that was very good. He said, come back in three days. Stay on your side. I went back home for three days. Looked good. Everything was perfect. Come back in another three days. I went in. Looked good, but he turned and talked to Ghana. Not a good sign. They talked in Albanian. He turned to me and he said, everything is good except there's a new area. There's a new area that is raised. That Well, he said that new area that was raised 
um, has two tears is what he said. I'm sorry, lost track. <laughs> so you're with me on this, I hope. So that area that was raised that he lasered the second time, there were two little tears. He said we have to have emergency surgery. <sighs> so I went in the next day and he's doing the laser surgery and I'm in twilight and I could tell we were nearly finished when I heard him tisk and exhale. He went, shit, yes. And he didn't say shit in Albanian. So I knew, and I felt him flushing my eye with something, something cool. And he wasn't happy, I could tell. So <clears throat> I went home that night and I went to see him the next day and he explained to me that the surgery went well, but he explained to me when your doctor in Amelia, put your cataract lens in your eye. He did not use a typical, he didn't use the right lens. And he sutured the cataract lens to your iris. So you have two holes in your iris where the, where the cataract lens is sutured. He said I, he called his mentor in Turkey and his other friend in Findland, and no one has ever heard of ever suturing a cataract lens to the iris. That's why I had extreme sensitivity to light in this left eye, I, because I always complained, and I complained to him about it, and he said it was because I have two holes in my iris. So he said, when I was doing the surgery, I said, he said, when I was doing the surgery, the oil seeped through one of those sutures and now you have oil in between your lens and your cornea. He said, this is very dangerous and it's in the, it's in the part of the, your eye that communicates. We will have to watch this. So I want you to come back in three days and we'll look at it. So now I've had two surgeries and two, no, I've had one surgery and two um, laser treatments. I went, but that n next night, the next night, I had such severe pain. This pain was in my skull and radiated around the eyeball, around the socket of my eyeball and my cheekbone on my left side and went down across my chin up to my jawbone and cheekbone on my right side. It was so painful. I texted Hunt Ghana and she said, come the next day. I went the next day. My eye pressure was over, was over the chart. It was beyond the chart, beyond what we could measure. And they immediately gave me some medication. We said we have to do emergency surgery. We've got to get that silicone oil out of the area, the anterior area. That's what's causing the pressure. We're going to give you these pills and we want you to go to the eye doctor. We want you to go to the Banatori, 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 which is Albanian. Sounds like Italian the way I explain it, but it's Albanian for pharmacist and get these special drops. And t if you feel tingling in your fingers from these drops, it's because the drops are diuretics and you need to eat some bananas and come right in. I mean, this was getting ridiculous, I guess. And so the I could feel the pressure dissipate a little bit. The next day, 
I went in for surgery, for emergency surgery, to remove the silicone oil. And my pressure was still up. It took us two hours to get the, get, to get the eyeball pressure down so that we could operate. He went in to operate. Everything was good. He said, come the next day. I went the next day. He said, I took the silicone out. He said, the surgery is good. The retina is good everywhere. Everything is good. And we, and, um, but he said, I replaced the silicone oil with the gas, but the gas seeped into the hole. You have gas now on your cornea. He said, this is very dangerous because it could dry the cornea out, but this is what we're going to do. You go home, lay on your stomach, lay face down for 24 hours. Hopefully the gas will rise above and gravitational pull will cause the natural water to seep into that hole and go back into the area between the cornea and the lens. And I did that for 24 hours. I went back to see him the next day and it was perfect. So we have lasered the entire retina. We have lasered the entire retina. There's gas in my eyeball. Everything is good. The gas will dissipate in, um, in six weeks on its own. I can't travel. I can't go above the altitude that we have because there's too much pressure. My tickets to Malta were canceled. I didn't go to Malta for the holidays. That's fine to save my sight. And four and a half weeks, which was just last week, four and a half weeks, I found a shadow. I went in to see the doctor. Retina tear. He said it's virtually impossible. Less than 2% of the population this ever happens to. He said, but we have to have emergency surgery. I got the blood tests. I did the shots. I did the whole thing. And on Friday, the 30th of December, I think, I went in for emergency surgery. And um, he fixed the retina and retina and he replaced with the gas with silicone oil and I went to see him the next day afterwards and he said that I there was some PVR developing now I'm not going to the this podcast is already 23 minutes long but the PVR I think something like this it is the pigment behind the retina that kind of emerges and the cells in the pigment over are overzealous and multiply and they grab the retina and they and they pucker the retina and that's what this, the last shadow I saw and he said he was able to if you get PVR throughout your whole eye, eyeball you know forget it you can't save the site but and usually PVR is rampant and rapid growth in young children but not in old people <laughs> so he said it's good that you're old and he said, I think it's going to be fine. And, um, I, and I said, PVR, he said, yes, you had it once before. This was the second time you, you got it. And he said, it takes four weeks to develop. And I said, yes, four and a half weeks after this last surgery was when I found this shadow. And he said, yes. And I said, when do we stop? When do we stop this? He said, we don't. He said, your macular, the macular area is fine. 
He said, this is going to be fine. He said, I don't want you to worry. Well, you know, I've fallen in love with him and his wife and his children in Ghana and everyone in the Kobati clinic. And I did the rational emotive therapy thing. You know, what's the worst thing can happen? Well, the worst thing can happen is I could lose sight of my left eye while I have. I know someone who lost the left eye when she was 24. She's 49 now. She seems to be doing fine and... If she can do it, I can do it, I guess. The thing about travel and having only one eye is that, you know, it's a problem with depth perception, getting on and off those trains. And I don't know what tennis would be like. But anyway, it's not the worst thing. But I have confidence in my doctor. And um, I just got this thin, thin, thin retina. I put it on Facebook. Should I have? I don't know. But I'm telling you what, I just really needed a lot of prayers. And quite a few people answered my prayers on Facebook, and so I appreciate that so much. The surgery went well. The deadline for this, uh, now we're, we're on, you know, we're on watch for four to five weeks. And four to five weeks, if no more PVR, I, I'm home free. So we will see. Thank you so much for listening to this and I hope you learned something about the retina and cataract surgery and also myopia and um, I will keep you informed about what happens with my eye I'm so glad you listened today and I hope to see you soon on the podcast this is Diane from Diana Broad The best of New Year's for you in 2018. Bye-bye. Ciao, ciao. Tong, tong.